Hello, what's going on? My name is Rich Ryan, bringing you another Torque Talk. This week, we're talking to Mark Gaudet, who is fresh off of both the Charlotte Sprints in the 2021 season. So Mark talks about how he had his two third-place finishes and how they both could have been first-place finishes in both the Saturday and Sunday races. So we talk about the course itself, the layout, some of the pros and cons, some of the things that Mark did really well, some of the things that he could definitely improve upon, and some of the things that he learned during these two races. Uh, There's a lot of things that can go wrong during a Spartan race, and we are just learning as we continue to gain experience. It's a big theme in this this podcast. Mark is really open, really honest about the things that went well, things that didn't go so well. So I think you're going to learn a lot. I definitely learned a lot talking to him about these races in particular. So let's just do it. All right, we have Mark Gaudet here, fresh off of the back-to-back Charlotte Sprints uh, for Spartan Race. So we're going to go over everything and talk about it. So Mark finished third in both days. Um, So not a terrible finish. It's still on the podium. That's cool, but not as good of a finish as what was projected and what was tracking through the majority of both of the races. And so we're going to get into that and talk about what happened in the late stages of the races um, but first, Mark, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing great, Rich. How are you? Good. Do you have like your regular like post like after I get done doing Spartan Race, my legs are always like a disaster to just like all cut up? Or, how are you feeling? Are you normal? Yeah. Or are you just right? Like, <clears throat> yeah, I think the uh, you know we I just got back from my son's baseball practice, and all the parents were like staring at me, like, what did this guy do this weekend? Just you know, like claw marks up and down my legs and row burn and shins bruised bruised up you start like talking about it just like out of nowhere like oh no i just did this spartan race and they really don't care then they're like all right exactly oh i'm I'm sorry i even looked at you (laughs) so let's just go through it man i just want to talk about the race piece by piece because we did the the recap i mean the race preview and seeing you know what what the course was going to kind of look like and how some of the strategies that you were thinking about and how they're going to play out so right from the jump when we looked at this course, it looked like it was going to be pretty straight and and flat here for a while um, with some ups and downs. It looked like it was going to go through the woods. Um, we weren't sure like how that was really going to play out. So what was that first stretch like just between like the overwalls and the hay bale and, like six, and the six foot wall, which is about the whole first mile, right? Right. So the, the course started on a, a slight incline up a grass hill with, you know, a, a short wall, you know, within the first hundred meters. And then the, it really narrowed down into a single track in the woods, kind of like we expected. And it it was single track for probably a couple hundred meters. And then it opened up a little bit into more of a, almost a, like maybe a double track um, where you could definitely pass for the next quarter of a mile. And then you kind of, you popped out into some like grass farmland. Mm. Um, and, and that was really like the second part of the race was pretty good footing. Uh, they got a little muddy on the second day after the, after the rain came in. Um, but yeah, a little bit of, of, uh, variation in, in the terrain. And then the conditions were, were very different on Saturday than they were on Sunday. Yeah, it's crazy. When we talked uh, yesterday, you're like, it feels like I ran two different races, even though it was the same exact course back to back. Um, but, but having it be single track, right, pretty close to the start, did it start as hot as y- 
you, you thought it was, it was going to go. And we, we knew Gowitski goes out hard and Woods is going to be there. And, and, you know, he's likes to lean on his running as well. So the fast pace was something that you were kind of prepared for, even if that was something you have to dictate yourself. Like how did that play out in that first like stretch? So on Saturday's race, we had a, like the MC was, I think he was a new, a new MC kind of running the, the show. Oh, really? And he did, he did not do the long drawn out, um, you know, the multiple, I am Spartan, Aru, 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 like a thousand times. He basically said like your answer uh, to like my first question are three loud thunderous Aru's. And after, you know, like the very small group of the elite set Aru, like three times, he's like, and let's race. And everyone just, <laughs> st- everyone just stood there like, huh? And then uh, everyone's like, oh, he means go. And so, like, we did not get out of the gates hot at all. Like, everyone was, like, really kind of confused the first few steps. And um, everyone ran forward, put their mask in there, and it didn't really go out as hot as I thought. And But Brian, uh, Ryan, and I got out to the front, and we were the first three into the, uh, into the woods on the single track on, on Saturday. That's pretty funny that like he started a race, how like a normal human being would start a race, just be like ready, go. And and the Spartan race, people didn't know it. the Spartan racers didn't exactly. know what to do. It's like, it's like, I haven't been sitting here doing a whole re- recital of, of back and forth a ruse. Um, so that's funny. So it started off a little, a little bit more, more low key. Did you grab it from the jump or who had the, who had the lead that first, um, the first stretch? I think Brian was still the first to the woods and then uh, Woodsy hopped in behind him and I was third um, behind them initially. And then as soon as it broke into double track, uh, Woodsy went and took the lead and then I went with him on that. You were able to get right behind, right? Because Woods will do that. When Woods has the ability to take the lead, he typically will, it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, and were you able to just go around Gwiski as well or was, or was it a pack of three then um, for a little bit? Yep. So I went around Gawiski to stay with, uh, with Woodsy. And then we kind of went one behind the other, uh, for the remainder of the time in the woods, I would say until we popped out and hit like the grass hill. So when you pop out, is that after the six foot, is that where the six foot wall was? Like you go, um, over walls, then over the hay wall. And then are you back out onto like the grass then? Yeah. So this is still before the, the six foot wall. Um, okay. So you would, you'd pop out of the woods, you hit like a, uh, like a low, almost like a drainage ditch and you came up a grass hill. And then there was like this one very nice 150 meters of like really nice groomed grass along the side of a barn mm-hmm. that, um, that's where, where, uh, Woodsy and I kind of separated a little bit is the, we came up the, up the grass hill. And then we kind of really, that's where we, we stopped really talking to each other and we just started racing at that point i love those stretches on a, on a, a spartan course it's like even if it's like 50 feet of groomed grass i'm <laughs> oh yeah going in a surge you better believe it so okay then you go over the walls it's you and woods um and then it's the inverted wall and then after the inverted wall does it drop down that's where it drops back into the woods it seems like there's a hill here right there is a hill yep yep it was it was kind of like an uneven it was in the, it was in like a grass pasture, but it was like down to a low ground and then immediately back up. Okay. But, and, yeah. and then you guys are just still, still cruising together. And then it comes mm-hmm. into, um, 
Atlas, Rope Climb, Plate Drag, Multi Rig, and Helix are all kind of back to back to back here, right? Yep. How did that all play out? Um, so the the uh, the footing there was pretty solid, and I that was where I first separated and took a little bit of a lead in, in on Saturday is um, through that section right there. Through and the then obstacles, I, like were you moving? Were you gaining ground coming in and out yeah, of obstacles? Yeah. So if you nice the uh, the footage that I think uh, ORM posted of like going through um, like the rig, the multi-rig mm-hmm. there, I think yeah. that might've been, that might've been post the section you're talking about. Uh, it's kind uh, of like right in it, right? It's like, there was ca- the carry, then rope climb, then plate drag, then multi-rig. And I, I did see that, yeah. that you had, okay. you had a bit of a lead there. Yeah. So through there, I, I opened up a little bit of a lead and then I lost that on the plate drag had a really strange transition where after I finished, I like, we didn't know where to go. But it kind of uh, like Woodsy had his chain catch, you know, on the like on the hook when he went to pull the plate drag. So it kind of evened out in a way. It allowed him to to kind of get back a little bit. But the way they had it on Saturday was like you would you would pull the the plate in, and when you dragged it out, you know, usually you're looking for the exit on the back side where like where you finished. Yeah. And like, there was just nothing there. There was just like wide open grass. <laughs> and I looked to the right and like, there was no arrows or tape telling me which way to go. And uh, so they wanted you to like run back down the lane to where you pull from and then exit like down the course. So it was weird. We ended up like kind of running down the, cause no one else was there yet. We ended up like running through the, like over the other ropes to get to the exit. Right. Now the second day, the second day they put the tape on the backside with like an arrow telling us to go that way, which made, made sense. So I stood there and I was like, where do I go? As Woodsy is like kind of unhooking his, his, uh, sled. Right. Cause if you're going to do that, you need to like change the direction of the sled to make it like facing the way that you need to run or have it set set up and, and a little bit more clear. Um, huh. So yeah, that's just some foreshadowing, I suppose. So then after the plate drag, then into multi-rig, which you did end up having a lead. Was there, was there a, a spot to run between the two of those? A little bit. Uh, yeah, just a, a little bit. Yeah. Um, so the, then you were able to separate some. Did you, were you still in the lead at like Helix and like the rig? Like... So Helix actually was not on the course. There was Hel- no Helix. No, no Helix? Oh, no Helix. I like it. You're, you're, you're happy. I like Helix. I think it's fun, but that's, that's a bummer. <laughs> so, or if it wasn't the course, like I ended up off course and missed it on both skip, days. I skipped that one, but they already, <laughs> you're already on the podium. You're already good to go. Um, so then there was, was it, it was Herkoist. Herkoist. Yep. So you're in the, uh, where is there anything happening between Herkoist and barbed wire crawl? Like what's going on at this point? Nope. It's, uh, if I remember correctly, I think it's Herkoist into his eight foot wall into the barbed wire crawl. Okay. Yeah. That, that was different then as well. If there was a wall yeah. there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think that, that, and they might've made that change late, uh, but there was a wall uh, somewhere in there, the eight foot wall and the, yeah. So I had a, uh, I kind of, I think I stretched it a little bit on the Herkoist. I don't know if I just grabbed a good, a good bag or something. And I stuck with the same one every day, which seemed pretty light, but I 
got a little bit there and then um, eight foot wall into the, into the crawl is where like, I was, I was kind of feeling like I was starting to, to separate a little bit. What was um, the crawl which, like? Uh, long flats and on Saturday, like really tough on the knees because it was, everything was very hard mm. and un, un, uneven. So uh, like ripped up the knees pretty good. Were but very crawling? high, like like the the wire was very high. Were you crawling or rolling? I baby crawled, and then I do that kind of side where I could get up on my toes for a little bit. I'll go like baby crawl for maybe five or ten seconds, then I pop up and kind of do like a that sideways. Yep. Where I can stay up on my toes for a little bit, and then go back to the baby crawl. Right. So you're not smashing your knees the whole time. Mm-hmm. So you're feeling good at this point? Yeah. And I think the confidence was growing because I felt like, you know, this is an area there's, there's some more running and carry the the carries coming, which is generally a strength of mine. Um, And so every second I can take here is going to be huge. So at that point, you know, I felt great. And this was something that we had talked about, right? It's like, if, if there was going to be a place to separate on this course that wasn't in that first like mile and a half where it was just kind of running and um, some, some obstacles, we thought maybe things were kind of bunched back together through the obstacles, but it seems like you did a great job of actually making uh, like creating some space for yourself. And it doesn't even sound like it was intentional. Like you just kind of got through everything and moved through the obstacles fast, which is awesome, mm-hmm. which is definitely a win. Um, and then leading it to bucket, it seemed like, okay, like this is probably where the race is going to play out one way or the other. If someone had spent it too early and they're going to kind of blow up here or someone is going to be ready to really hammer this carry. But there was a third option that happened during the bucket carry. So what, ha- what happened during the bucket carry? Uh, so coming down to the bucket carry, I was the first one down there. And I, due to COVID um, safety precautions, they had the volunteers kind of off to the right, off the course. So usually they're standing like in the middle of the, of the red and the, in the black buckets, but they were off the course. And, um, you know, I would just had my normal brain turned off as I'm, you know, just grinding. And I came up on the bucket. I just threw it off my shoulder and I, uh, one of the course markings caught my eye and it was pointing in one direction. And I went that direction. Um, and that was the arrow coming out of the bucket carry. Uh, so I basically continued like almost the opposite direction or continuing down the course that you would go after finishing the bucket carry. Um, and I heard, I heard some, some screams, but I thought people were like cheering for me or something. And so I didn't really pay attention to them. And then it wasn't until I heard uh, Woodsy yell my name um, that I like recognized the voice. And that's when I looked back. And by that point, he already had the bucket on his shoulder heading down the, the, uh, the proper direction and go whiskey already had it on his shoulder as well. And they're already moving that direction. So I had to flip it around, you know, move back 25 meters to the start point again, and then try to, um, try to close the gap on, on those guys. Yeah. Maybe 20 meters, um, or so. 
It, it would have been nice yeah. if it was people cheering for you. And then if Woodsy was cheering for you too, like just how, how well yeah. you were doing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He, said, he, he told me after he's like, yeah, I really, part of me wanted to see how far you would have gone. Um, <laughs> and he had a funny, po- his post was, I, I think he gave you a, a good nod during the post that he had, you know, he's t- being typical as like, yeah, like, it's great when the person in front of you just runs the wrong direction off the course. That's, that's a great strategy. Um, so, and that's, this is something I, I told you that that is the, almost the exact scenario that happened in a race I did in 2018, I think in, in Minnesota, but it was Bracken had the lead, went the wrong way with the bucket and then Woods went the correct way with the bucket and won that race. Um, and, and hmm. Bracken ended up, ended up in fourth. It was a pretty stacked field. Um, so, as soon as that happens and you stop and you turn around, like, what do you think right from this? Like, what do you, how are you feeling? I mean, I th- there's obviously disappointment. You have that second of like, man, like I just worked, you know, I just worked my tail off to, to build this small margin and I just gave it away. And now I'm like, you know, I've got that, that lead I had is now how far back I am from, from these guys. And I just have to have this bucket on my shoulder for like maybe 20, 25 seconds longer than it should be. It's a bad um, spot to get lost. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. It's not like it was just running. It's with a bucket on your shoulder. Right. <laughs> um, so that's that initial, cause I would feel the same way. Right. I'd be like, I'm not sure. I would probably be, I would have gotten mad. I think first that that's typically my usual response to something like that. I would instantly be like, what the, like, how does this happen? Like, looking around, like trying to figure out what the problem was. Um, but then that kind of getting back to work, what, um, did you have any of that or, or how long did you kind of sit in that mindset of like disappointment? I mean, I, I was definitely angry. Um, but mostly with myself because right. I, you know, I just kind of, um, you know, I should have, I should have been, as I was approaching the, the buck carry, I should have been looking at where I needed to go. It was a difficult angle where you had to like pick it up and then almost turn around to head like back to your left to hit the start point of it. But I should have, you know, either on the map or the, the course recon or something, I should have, I should have noted that um, ahead of time and, and known that I sh- I'm not going to pick this up and like head in a, uh, you know, continue going straight basically um i should have known I, i'm gonna have to make a hard left with the bucket right because um, i mean typically in in any type of carry there are two arrows right because like mm-hmm. when you re- when you bring it back it, it tells you where to go um and you're right I, I, like same thing like i would be mad first try to be mad at somebody else but usually when i get mad like that it's because of i'm mad at myself <laughs> so. right and i mean in in uh spartan's defense like on sunday they had like repositioned the volunteers. They had put up additional, you know, course markings and there was like no question about it on, on Sunday, because I guess in the, some of the age, age group guys told me the same thing happened oh. um, in the age group race as well. So it, like, it wasn't just, it wasn't just me. Um, but on Sunday, like Spartan had like definitely made the, uh, the corrections and like, there was a guy like rise. I'm picking it up, like screaming in my face, telling me like, go this direction. Um, <laughs> which was appreciated. 
And it's hard. It's hard as someone who's probably laying out a race course to foresee all of the things that could potentially go through a racer's head in the time. And just like seeing how someone could misconstrue it. Like when you're setting it up, you probably see it and be like, this makes perfect sense. So just doesn't seem like it was any one particular person's fault. Um, yeah. And I think what, like when I went back to it the next day, I think the real confusing part is I think we get used to seeing how the buckets are actually set on the ground and you know how they're usually almost like a wall. Like you'll mm-hmm. come up and you grab them and it blocks you from going any direction. But the way they had them set up, it was like, there was like this perfect alleyway of where you wanted to run. Mm. So like I came by and picked it and continued going on that same path. Like there was no wall of buckets blocking me from going that direction. It's kind of like how like a grocery store, a grocery store guides you along. Like you just right. Went that's, right with it. <laughs> yeah. I think I just went with like the, the path of least resistance, which, you know, at a point in the race where it is like, like you said, like your brain is, is not operating to its full capacity and like taking in everything and analyzing all the things. It's like singular focus. Cause yeah, when you're coming up to this, to this point, it's pretty late. I mean, it's like two and a half to probably just right before the three mile mark in a two and a three and a half mile race. Are you, where's your head leading into this bucket? Have you even thought about the idea of winning yet? Or is everything still on the task at hand? Like where, what are you thinking about? I mean, I, I thought the bucket at that point, I, I felt I had a, I felt I should win. And I said, I, you know, I was telling myself it's going to come down to this carry. Like if I separate here, like it's over, like, no, they're not going to catch me on. There's one good running section. There's really two more good running sections. And then, um, just not a lot of course left unless, you know, I fail a spear or fall off the, the Z wall or something. So the, the thought crossed your mind at that point, right? So it's, there's a little bit of back and forth and there's a little bit of anticipation of like what is, is potentially coming. Um, mm-hmm. Did you still feel once that you turned around and kind of started to, to go, were you still in the competition mindset or were you resigned to where you were then? So I was in, I still got, um, I was still in the uh, competition like mindset. I was, I was angry and that adrenaline will like kick back in like immediately. And I, all of a sudden I wasn't so tired anymore. And mm-hmm. I was running as fast as I could with that bucket to try to close the gap. And I was able to, to make up quite a bit of the, of the time lost on the carry uh, and catch up to uh, Woodsy. But like by the end of the carry, like I was definitely like laboring. Like I had, you know, I gave a lot to close that gap because those guys were still moving. They had, they still had strong carries, especially Brian. Brian had a great carry on Saturday because he separated from, um, from Woodsy on that. Like he took the lead of the race on the carry. Wow. Um, yeah. So, I mean, he definitely hammered it. So you come out of it and you're (laughs) right with Woods then in third, but just like tired. Yeah. So I'm just, um, just like right behind him. And I just was like, I'll just stick on his back as we, work our way down. There's a good little running section back through the woods to bring us out to the spear throw. And I kind of just put my head down and just like got on his heels. And I was like, I know, you know, I know how good he is. He's going to heal real go whiskey back in if I can just hang with him. And that's what I did. And when I looked up, we were definitely bringing him back coming into the, the spear throw. Nice. So you're still in it. 
And then at a spear throw, I mean, anything can happen. So when you line up with the spear, where, what does happen? So it was a, it was a really strange spear throw. So we came into it. I'd say Gawiski probably had five seconds on, on uh, Woodsy and I at that point. And, uh, I was third in the line coming in and Gawiski is like running down the line looking for the spear that he wants. And, um, Woods goes the very first one, which was the, the best choice. It's where I went on the second day because it was the only one that was tethered to the right-hand side. All every single other one was tethered to the left. So Brian was running down the line, looking for one tethered on the right. And I caught all the way up to him and was doing the exact same thing right behind him, mm. you know? And I'm like, I'm sure he's looking for the same thing that I am. And eventually I just looked, I was just looking for a good target, one that wasn't beat up because I was like, I don't think I'm going to find one. So I stopped and started to reel in. And then Brian went all the way to like just about the very end on the far right side. Um, and it was a very long, it wasn't a very short, like, um, spear throw area. It was like a very long one. It can be so, long. You can run quite a bit. So I mm. think Woodsy actually threw first and hit first, but he was the farthest away from like the exit. So he's like running down the line. Brian throws and, and sticks and actually leaves like the area before because Woodsy's still running down. And so I'm backed up and I'm like, you know, Woodsy's coming behind me. And I just like, I kind of paused for a second to like, let him go behind me. So he didn't like clip my, right. My spear or something. And so huh. like, right as he, he goes by, I throw and then I take off um, after him. And that's kind of how that went out. But I, in the, in the end of it, Brian, I think had a, a bigger lead coming out of the spear than he had going into it on both of us. And I lost, um, a matter of probably five seconds on, on Woodsy on so the Brian, spear. So Brian still ha- had a maintained his lead and it was even bigger. I think he grew it a little bit on that just by speed of his throw. Cause that's one thing too, right? Like where I'm sure the distance, like the pace and speed that Woods was running after he hit his spear was faster than what Brian was running when he ran that whole distance to the very end. Right. Cause after you hit your spear, you're fired up, you're ready to go. And especially at mm-hmm. the end of a race like this, but Brian must've just really whipped it in real fast and just tossed it. Probably had, had yep. no hesitation throwing the thing. And you said he is fast on a spear, right? You've, you've kind of seen that before. Yep. Yep. He gets in and out. Um, so they're still there. So no position change on the spear and then it's Z wall, um, which on Saturday you said it was okay. Right. Right. So the, this is where Woodsy though, before the Z wall, Z walls is where Woodsy closed the gap on, on Gawiski. So there's this one, maybe 200 meter running section between yeah. the spear and the Z walls. And it was kind of uneven, uh, footing. And that's the one where I was just gassed still. And Woodsy separated from me and he reeled Brian all the way back in and took the lead on him going into the Z walls. And then he had just uh, that right. Then it's basically over. So he was able to just kind of hang on at that point. Yeah. So to give you an idea of how close it still is though, 
is that I was getting on, like all three of us were on the Z walls at the same time. I oh, was wow. just, we we're, we we're just on different ends um, of it all. And all three of us were like, we talked about at the end, we were super cautious, um, all of us on it. Um, and um, yeah, Woodsy came out a few seconds ahead of Brian. And then at that point, there's like not a whole lot going. So he was just like hammering and it was slip wall and then the vertical cargo mm-hmm. and then monkey bars, a frame fire jump. And like, it's like bang, 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 very quick. Right. Um, so, and then like you kind of, at that point, once the guys, like everything was pretty good until we got over like the slip wall. And then at that point there was like, everyone's going hard. And, but once you make it through the monkey bars, there was like nothing um, that could be done. And everyone kind of just had been resigned to their, their positions at that point. Um, once Woodsy kind of made his break. And yeah. Yeah. Once you're at a frame, like what are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. Um, so you finished third. Um, finished third. How'd you feel initially? Like, what was your initial thought? Um, I mean, I was, I was bummed, but like those two guys are, are really strong. And, uh, so I, I, you know, I, I knew I was going to run it back on Sunday. So I was like, you know, I'll correct those errors and I'll come back. I'll come back tomorrow and, um, at least get to race Brian again. And I got to look at the, you know, look, take a look at the positive things that came out of today. Um, like first time I've ever been able to, um, you know, separate it all from, from Ryan Woods ever. Yeah. Um, and, um, and then like, you know, starting to see the improvements in my obstacle proficiency, knocking off, off some of the rust and, um, so, you know, I was bummed because I, I would like to have seen, like, if I wouldn't have made that mistake, would I have grown the lead and put that away at the bucket? Um, and, I, you know, I just wanted to know, like, what, what could have been. That's what I was most uh, disappointed with. Right. And, like, there are definitely, it's like, against anybody, Gwitski or Woods, like, having a lead on either of them is, is no small task. And where you did it was through the obstacles, right? Which is like great, <laughs> which is, you know, we figured it'd be at some big running stretch, but it was like, you got mixed up into this gauntlet and you came out on, on the other side faster, which is awesome. So those are definitely really good, good signs, but yeah, just like the mental error, you know, like that, those are tough to swallow <laughs> for sure. Um, but at least you did have the, the, the back to back to, to kind of go for, um, what do you think you could have done? different during the, the first day aside from the bucket thing or like even with the bucket thing like what what do you think you like if you're playing that over in your head like how would you have fixed it in that moment like what i think you just just in the in the approach to the bucket carry just I, identifying like here's where i'm going with the bucket like i'm not going to decide once i have it you know what I mean? I'm not just going to pick it up and then be like, Oh, like, Oh, here's a sign. Let me, <laughs> here's a marking. Let's go this direction. Like as I'm, cause it was a pretty good little lead in, but it was all like really uneven, hard, um, like hard into mud that 
clearly cows had been like walking through and then the sun beat on it and it was hard to rock. So everyone's like stumbling around and it was like a hundred meters of that running coming into the bucket. And I'm sure I was just staring at my feet, trying not to break an ankle right? running on that, like not, but really I should have my head up. I should be kind of anticipating what's next and, um, and identifying, okay, I'm going to grab it and I'm going to make this hard left and, and get in there. Yeah. Or at least just knowing that it was what, at least in that moment, like knowing what obstacle you're coming to. So you can at least pull your head up as you are before you do have the bucket on your shoulder. Does the bucket always go left? It doesn't, right? I've done, I've done buckets that have gone to the right and have come around. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, think they go, I don't think they do yeah. always go one way or follow like the flow of traffic or anything. Um, so yeah, that's definitely one thing. What else do you think you could have any other things you would have done better or differently? Um, no, I think, I think I, I mean, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Even after I had failed, you know, like, like I talked about there at the end, like if you look at the, at the times, the end, it was like 10 seconds between go whiskey and, and uh, like woodsy. And I think it was like, like almost 20 seconds. And um, I think sometimes even when it's, you think it's like decided already. And I kind of noticed this in Jacksonville is, uh, is how Kempson salvaged his race, which was like super impressive in the last just a few hundred meters by taking huge chances on the monkey bars, like passing me on the monkey bars. Right. Um, and then chasing down Josiah on the slip wall in Jacksonville and just moving from, you know, seventh into fifth, just like that by taking chances in the last few hundred meters. And a lot of us, I think just are like, okay, you know, no risk. You no, know, I don't want to take any risk now. I'm so close. I'm just going to, you know, I'll just mail it in. And, right. and like I did that, like I went like hand, like matched my hands on the, uh, on the monkey bars and went like way slower than I normally would. But I was like, you know, if that was like in a different part of the course, I would have, I would have gone through that twice as fast. Like, why would I do it now? Just cause I'm closer to the finish and I'm a, uh, afraid of losing it. Like it, that's and you never point. know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to happen. Like obviously Sunday is a great example, but you know, Brian could have got caught up in the, in the A-frame for just a, a split second. And I could have um, had like two great tumbles down the backside of it and somehow caught him. Like, so those are the things I think about. Right. There really is so much stuff that can go wrong that it's hard to it's easy to justify taking your foot off the gas, but like, like you said, that lesson learned from Kempson is, is, is when it's true. Like, so like you can make up so much space off of anything. People can screw up in all different types of ways. Um, yeah. So that's a good takeaway too. They'll be able to kind of look back and see about that. Um, but overall, I mean, that race, definitely some positives and like, it's not like you, like it's one thing like missing an obstacle or uh, missing your spear. Like you're never going to run the wrong way on a bucket again. <laughs> like that's just no. not something that's going to happen. So it's not like you can't, you can't, so you can justifiably look back at this race and be like, I was, I was running the best race. I was the best obstacle course racer on that course. Uh, like, 
and not have it be disputed really, even though you didn't win, but it was like, not something that was failable do like by design. Mm-hmm. Um, so overall, like I would say that's a, that's a pretty big win. Um, you'd like to win. You'd like to see that. Then have it there. Okay, cool. I beat Woods. I beat Kowiski. So like at any race that they're there, I know that this is something that I could do. Um, you can still kind of think that, but it, it would be much nicer if it was like, if it like happened. Um, so let's talk about Sunday real quick. Um, so everything kind of played out the same way. It, it was just, it was you and Kowiski. Um, and then uh, Dustin Living Good was in the race, who is a good racer, who I think in 2019, he was the outright age group winner for like the entire national series. So like all age group competitors, like he is the best one. I believe he was, did end up being the best one that year. Um, so he's good. He's a really good, he's a really good runner, uh, tough, tough competitor. So he was in that race as well. Um, cause in like races or races that are going to be a little bit more lower profile, um, he'll step up into the uh, elites. I think he ran elite on Saturday as well. Yep, um, so the, the race kind of, is it playing out almost the same for you? Uh, no, not really. So the, a, uh, yeah, outside of, of me, Brian, Dustin, and then just a couple other guys, um, it's really a whole new crop of, of, uh, elite waivers on Sunday. So like we, you know, very, went out at a very easy pace on, on Saturday on, uh, on Sunday, you know, all these fresh guys just take off like flying from the get go, like right from the start, That's you know, the they worst. were like, so they, were, they were ready to go. Well, Brian, um, you know, he saw it and he like sprinted out to the front. He was the first one to the end of the wood line. Again, I was like, I'm not running that fast. Um, and I'm going to, you know, run my pace. So I was like the seventh one hmm. into the, into the wood line, seventh or eighth, probably. And I was like, but these guys, I mean, we're running like, we're on like five fifteen pace or we're like below. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. And within like a quarter mile, I, I can already hear like everyone's like breathing heavy and I'm like less than a quarter mile. They're already like breathing heavy and slowing down. And it finally opened up and I just, you know, moved to the side and went up and Gawiski had like kind of pulled away from, from the group. And I, so I was like, okay, I'll just get up to Gawiski. So I ran up to Brian and honestly, like, you know, that second day of the race, like the first part of it, you just never feel that great. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd say about maybe a half mile in, you know, you start to loosen up a little bit and I'm like, all right, I'm starting to f- feel pretty good. And so we, we get to that, that grass Hill again, the nice area where it's nice to run. And, uh, I was like, I'm just going to, I was like, I'm just going to go for it now. I'm just going to, put the race away right now. And, uh, I was like, why not? And so I, you know, I ran quite a bit faster on Sunday on through that area. And it wasn't long where I just like no longer even really heard footsteps behind me. Um, and, um, I knew Brian, like he's not, he's not going anywhere. He's going to be back there somewhere, always in striking range but I was pretty much on my own from that point uh, forward. Yeah. So um, got to bucket, nailed the bucket this time, came through, sent me a clip of you at the spear throw 
Um, and he wasn't even in sight, like even through the spear. So it was no. like quite a gap at this point. Um, so spear throw nailed Z wall, nice and easy. And then at this point, the race is won, right? Yeah. I mean, I, at that point, my, I had like eased off the gas and I was like, all right, just, you know, enjoy. Like I was going to, I was going to go sub 25 minutes, um, on the course, which I think we were around, I think I was around 25, 40. Um, and I think Woodsy run in one in 25, 20 something. Um, so, and I was going to, I was going to easily go under 25. So, um, I felt, I was feeling great. I felt even better on Sunday than I did on, on Saturday at that point. So I kind of eased off the gas. I took it really easily through, uh, through the Z walls and I camped the slip wall and I, you know, I, I know that I knew the footing, the footing was rough on, it's been rough pretty much every race the, with the new surface on it. Mm-hmm is if there's any, if there's any moisture on, on it, the feet will definitely slip a lot easier than the, you know, the old wooden uh, slip walls. Mm. So you, a lot of times you can't like run all the way to the top. Like you used to be able to, you might, you're, you might get like a quarter or halfway up before you got to really grab and, and use some upper body strength on the rope. Um, so I, I came up on that. I took like a, a uh, decent run, you know, the feet slip out. I got about halfway up the wall. I grabbed the, I was on the far right side and I grabbed the rope the way I like normally would. And it was like, I just like grabbed onto like a greased up, like pole. And I just, my feet stayed on the wall and I just slid all the way to the bottom with my hands still on the rope. <laughs> and I was like, and I was like, wow and like the uh volunteers are like yeah those things are like ice right now and i'm like well i'm gonna have to like you know get i'm really gonna have to like dig in on the on the grip to get this so i you know i look back i still don't see go whiskey even at the z walls yet and so i'm like okay like just nail it the second time so i um i go to the same rope because i'm like you know i've probably pulled some of the the mud off this thing um, it's probably the best one to go back to instead of just cleaning off all these other ones. So I like wipe my hands down. I run, I get, I get about to the same point. And this time I can latch and I actually stay, I don't slide all the way to the bottom and I start creeping my way. And it was like really slow. Just like I would get like a foot and then like my foot would slip out and I'd end up like on a knee and I would hold and my, my hands would slide down a little bit. I'd get back up on my feet trying to keep like my heels like down as much as I could. And, uh, and then I'd like advance my hands and creep up and I was getting, I was like, I was a matter of like a couple feet from like the top. Like my head was like above the top of the, oh, of man. like the wall. Like yeah. I was like there and I was right at that point that like multiple times where, um, I should have just jumped and gone for it. And if I missed it, just like slid to the bottom and tried again. Um, but every time I like would take one hand off the rope, my, my second hand would then like slide down the rope or I'd lose like footing with my foot. And I was playing this game for like, which seemed like an eternity where 
I would just like lose like six inches or a foot. And then I would like regain it. And I just couldn't get like high enough to like jump and grab. And so by this time I'm, you know, I hear uh Gwiski, like ring the bell. Like I've been there a while now. I hear him ring the, the Z wall and I'm like, okay, he's coming. Well, I've got one more attempt at this thing. So I come down and I was like, I'm just going for a different rope. So I just picked like a random one, maybe like three in from the right. And I just went for it. And it was even worse than like the, the one on the other, right. Uh, um, so there's like a picture of whiskey posts and you can see Gwiski takes the far left one. Um, and I am like suspended right there about 80% of the, of the wall looking over and as he's coming up and he's like, you know, on his first attempt and he's at the same level as me. And uh, if, if there's a good takeaway to come from it, take a look at his hand positioning in that picture compared to mine. So like I am palms facing up on both of my hands and Brian, you know, he started with that, but as soon as he got close to the top and he started to slip as well, he inverted his hands. And what he does is he like grabs the like palm facing down. And then as he grabs it, he twists his hand up to add more friction on the bottom of his palm. And just that extra friction, he said, allowed him to like hold himself enough with like one hand to then reach with the other one and like kind of jump and grab. It's really savvy. I would never think, I would never think to do that. No, I would do, I would have done the same thing you were doing. Like just like trying to hold myself up and just slip in a little bit at a time. So he actually turned his palms. So they faced the wall and he would inch up a little bit at a time. Is that what he would do? Or he would like, was it, was he pressing it against the wall as well? Or like how? So he, I was grabbing like this, he grabbed like this and then he twisted the rope. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. So, and he twisted. So So it would come back himself in on his hand, it would come back on like the bottom of his, like the meaty part of his hand. He is like, I don't know. Honestly, I don't even know if I could do that. Like, that yeah, I, is, don't, I don't know if I could. It seems like a good thing Brian, to try. Brian has really strong hands because like that, I, I was thinking he was twisting and like kind of pressing it down, but he, okay. So he twisted it. He twisted it into, okay. Um, that's still, that's still hard to do. Brian has strong, yeah. like laborer hands. <laughs> like he can, right. Yeah. Like, yeah if you i mean if you take a look at the the picture uh that he posted today on on instagram you can see his technique there um and yeah he like he he muscled it right up and you know beasted it and i'm sure he had the same issues with his shoes and his rope was probably just as slippery yeah uh it's like he found a way to make it happen and so i at that point i'd been it had been like minutes and I was still stuck on it. And, um, so once again, I'm like back in that decision. Do I keep trying this? I, I like wanted to keep trying cause I knew I could, you know, I've never not been able to get the slip wall. Right. And then there's like, well, do I, there's still no one in sight. Do I just go take burpees? And that's where I eventually was like, I'm just gonna go take burpees. Um, and I went over and, um, did, did the burpees and, uh, and Dustin, you know, I see like, I'm getting like close. I'm at like 26 or so 27 burpees. And I see this other head peer up from that same spot that Brian had, had come over. And, 
I'm like, dang. So like he found a, he found a way to get it as well. Um, so like well-deserved and he yeah. came down and like, he was, you know, he was like right there, but, um, I just didn't have it. I was, I was gassed. So I, I came in and then I was like pretty pouty in my mind and in like furious and, um, and super angry. And yeah. like, you know, I wanted to go like hide in, <laughs> I want to go like hide in, in the corner or like just leave the venue immediately. Um, but uh, like Kevin Donahue actually caught me right as I crossed the, the finish line and uh, you know, offered some like positive uh, encouragement, which kind of snapped me out of it and, you know, made me realize like why I do this stuff. And um, you know, I, I didn't want to be the sore loser or, um, you know, or the guy who just like leaves the venue because he's, he's angry. So, you know, I, like those guys deserved it. They beat me. Like I didn't get to the obstacles. Like that's the race. They, they did. Yeah. And I, dude, I've been there so many times in this sport where it's just like, you just, it feels so bad to like have a, something, an element like that, that you don't think should be a problem, be a problem. And then it like kind of costs you a race because it is, and it's just like, that's when I start like banging my head against the wall when those type of things happen. It's like, I cannot believe this. And then I look at myself as like, what are you even doing? Like, how are you ever going to be good at this? Like if you keep, (laughs) if you keep doing this, these type of things, like if you can't do monkey, if you fail the monkey bars, like you'll never beat Ryan Atkins. Like, what are you even doing? So I, I I know that these things are, are definitely there. Um, so were you battling with that for a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I, you start to think about, you know, man, how many races have I given away? Like, where have I, you know, messed things up? And, um, and like, those things are, um, you know, you can kind of expect those things, like, in your first season. Like, we all have the funny stories of, like, our first year. Um, when you learn those lessons. Exactly. And, uh, but, you know, I'm, I, I haven't, I don't have a lot of races under my belt, but I feel like I have enough to not be making those mistakes right. um, at this point. So that's the, that's the frustrating part. Yeah. And so like we had talked about, it's not even about like, it's, it's, you know, other people can think what they want about like how, how the like things are down. And like, if you're racing and somebody's like, and you make enough mistakes, they'll like see you and, and maybe think that you might make those mistakes. But it's like, if we start thinking that about ourselves, that we're the people that are going to give races away or, or make these mistakes, that's when it's a problem, you know? And that's where like, that needs to be fought with vigor. So, so that those things don't creep in because if they start to like, like if you start waiting to screw up, like, you're going to screw up. <laughs> oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, I think that like early on, you know, the first few races, I was like, you know, you're kind of thinking like, oh man, like that spear throw is coming. Yeah. Like that's going to make or break my race. And like, I haven't had those, like those thoughts for, for years. Like I don't dread any, anything or think like, you know, tense up or, you know, choke on, on anything like i you know i do these things for fun like there's a lot of way more you know stress stressful situations that i've been in uh 
notably in my career that right. <laughs> uh, put a lot of things in, in perspective that, uh, you know, it's a good reminder that, you know, uh, getting, failing an obstacle is not the scariest thing in the world. <laughs> right. It's easy. It's easy to have perspective on it, but in the moment, right. It's, yeah. it's, it's not this, it's tough. Um, but you said overall, I mean, two, two relatively disappointing finishes, but like you had, you had said, like, you're, you're better. You're not worse because of the races that you ran, you know, like you're better off of where you are. Um, no, I just honestly identified, um, some major areas to improve two things um, that, you know, that can happen. <laughs> and now, and now we all know that can happen, which is great. Thanks for taking yep. care of that for us. Um, and then, and then also just kind of validated that like my fitness is on the level that, that I, I, I thought, or I knew it was at, uh, heading into Jacksonville. Cause I didn't feel, I didn't ever felt like I got to show it in Jacksonville because I was just like slogging through that water and, um, whatever that type of fitness is, I got to find that, um, at some point. But, uh, like when it comes to, to most of your normal OCR races, even in muddy or, um, uneven terrain like the fitness is there yeah to to hang with the top guys and again that's also good validation because sometimes i know i'll start feeling like that it's like does this fitness matter <laughs> like am i doing the right it's like so the fitness matters <laughs> which is good which is good to know um all right man we'll let you roll what uh what's next for you uh so i actually signed up today for uh ohio nice where i've, I've never been before and i had no idea that Believe it or not, um, the venue in Ohio is closer to my house than the venue in Charlotte. Wow, nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's it's drivable. I, I looked at Austin to go back to, you know, visit friends and and people in the area that I haven't seen for years since I I left Austin. Um, but you know that involves getting on a getting on a plane and. Um, you know, with, I just feel a little bit more comfortable driving and this being f- about five and a half hours to the, the venue in Ohio from Northern Virginia. Like I was like, man, this is, this is doable. Let's, uh, let's do it. So I'm looking at the ultra on Saturday and then yeah. coming back with the super on Sunday and potentially just knocking out the sprint while I'm at it. We'll see how I feel. Um, just have yourself a weekend. Just get out there, yep. and do it. That's a, a mega trifecta. And yeah, because that's the season goals are ultra based, right? And yeah, so goals. the this I've always wanted to do the national series, and you know, kind of see where I I stack up in that. But um, you know, I'm an ultra guy. Like that's where my my where I really stand the best chance to to really contend. Um, is in the ultra scene. So whether that's world's toughest mutter or until you ride, um, I, I do want to start putting the work in to, to get prepared for that. Yeah, it's coming up. I mean, it'll be here. I mean, for, in terms of ultras, ultras are kind of always coming up in terms of preparation. So, um, yeah, man, cool. I like it. So, well, again, appreciate it. Appreciate popping on, telling us a story, letting us learn from you. Um, and yeah, ultimately, it's just a small race that uh, 
no one will think about ever again. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Except you. You'll you'll remember. You'll tell these stories like, oh my God, this one time, the slip wall, <laughs> believe it or not, people are like the slip wall I'll be like, yeah. <laughs> um, yep. Never again though. Never again. One and done. I felt I I failed the slip wall. I did it. The slip wall was not doable that ultra I did in um North Carolina. It was pouring rain and there was like a divot cut out and the ropes are higher during a beast, you know? So like you couldn't get any type of running start and there was 0% chance of reaching a rope. Um, so that was the last obstacle before the finish line. So I had to do 30 burpees before I crossed. The yeah. Line. That's, a, that's a really good point though. As we get into the later in the season where supers and uh, beasts, if they do elect to start shortening that rope yeah, on that wall, like it's going to be crucial to find with that surface, what shoe, <laughs> gives us the best chance to make that leap to even get our hands onto the rope. Um, yeah. And, and real quick, people will be interested in this. Which, which shoes did you wear Saturday? On like Saturday I wore, uh, I wore Salming element threes. And those went pretty well in that like kind of hard packed, like mud, like dried. Mud. Yeah, they did. I mean, I, I really like the, the shoes. It's, it's uh pretty cushions um, for a, you know, for a trail shoe like that for a, very um no not much not much to that shoe but the the only gripe i have with it is that the the uh they're pretty aggressive lugs and they're like pliable and so they're they're like bendable which on things like z walls like i would prefer to have something that is like not gonna move is like fixed and you can kind of feel them like bending as you're stepping on each hold which like they didn't slip or anything, but it was something I was aware of. And then what'd you wear on Sunday? I wore the, uh, innovate X talons, but it was like, it's like the older model. They haven't, they have a newer model now that probably has better grip. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it has better grip. Um, but I, I really, I really like that shoe. It's that all orange one. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that shoe and I've never had issues with the, with the grip there. Um, but didn't give me the best traction on the, uh, slip wall that day. Um, but I don't think anyone really had, had good traction. Yeah. Didn't sound like it. You know, of course he was twisting the rope around his wrists, try to get up. Like sounded like it was, it was a problem that day. Um, well, cool, man. Again, appreciate it. Link to your socials in the bio and that'll be it. So we'll talk to you guys soon. All right. Thanks Rich.